Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Our business is public relations, coaching, and strategy. If you are in the market for communication road mapping, media relations, social and digital branding, coaching and event preparation, or any other services that you think we can be of value, please reach out at www.provisionadvisors.net. All right, hello, sports fans. I am John Schofield. Joining me is Bill Wagner, and here we are with the Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis postgame report from yesterday's really painful defeat to the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, you know, Kenny Amatololo said it said it just right. You know, first of all, we're proud of our players. We were twenty eight point underdogs in the number team, number two team in the country. And we went toe-to-toe with them, and certainly they did after jumping out to a quick 7-0 lead. Um, execution kind of uh, fluttered here and there along the way. We saw glimpses of a very good offense. And you know, to steal Chris Cervello's content, the defense was just fantastic. To keep us within striking distance to the number two ranked team in the country, a very good uh, football team in Cincinnati, um, I, I thought was just very, very admirable. Now, can they put that all together? Can they figure out a way um, to, you know, to turn these close losses into victories and turn this season into something that's a little bit of a success? Who knows? But um, Wags, I'm going to turn it over to you. You know, what were some of the main points? I know that we talked a little bit at halftime. Um, and throughout the day about the onside kick decision, about some questionable calls. Um, you know, what, what do you think stood out in your mind as the reasoning um, behind us ending up on the wrong end of a seven-point loss? Well, John, I'll start off by saying in many respects, Navy executed the perfect game plan to pull this shocking upset. And it does start with the defense. Obviously, Cincinnati was averaging 44 points a game. They'd scored 108 points in their previous two games against uh, American Athletic Conference opponents. And so this, you you worried that they were going to run away. And and we've already seen that Navy's offense has trouble scoring. I mean, Navy's offense is averaging 17.7 points a game, guys. So uh, if a team scores 30, it's trouble area. So the defense did a fantastic job, and Desmond Ritter, the standout quarterback from Cincinnati, said it afterward. They were expecting Navy to come out in that 3-3-5 alignment with three high safeties, and that's what they practiced against all week. And Brian Newberry, the defensive coordinator, instead came out in the base defense, a 3-4, and the intent was to stop the run, and they were very, very successful at stopping the run. Cincinnati only had 10 rushing yards in the first half. And meanwhile, Ritter seemed confused. He just didn't know where to go with the ball. He, he, he just seemed to really struggle with figuring out what Navy was doing and where his open receivers would be. So it was the defensive game plan was simply outstanding. And then on the offensive side, early on, Navy executed the exact type of drive that it wanted. Uh, 14 plays. 
79 yards, took more than seven minutes off the clock. And you're like, yeah, a couple more of those combined with this defensive effort. And maybe you can win this game. But yes, John, the game turned with what happened at the end of the first half. 10-10 score. Navy has an opportunity to take a 13-10 halftime lead. So you, you just played a great first half. And if you go into halftime leading, you've got the momentum. You're in a great mood. You're feeling good about yourselves. And you get the ball to start the second half. And Navy was at the Cincinnati 25-yard line. Time was winding down. Navy had no timeouts left. Kenny Amatololo even said his own coaches told him, clock the ball. And in other words, instead of running plays, just have Ty Lavatai throw the ball into the ground, stop the clock, and let's kick a field goal. But he got greedy. He tried to throw a pass. He took a shot at the end zone. And what happened was two straight negative loss plays. And you got to give credit to the Cincinnati defensive tackle who shot the gap on one play and threw tie for a loss and then was also responsible for the sack. But it was devastating that the loss of nine total yards forced Navy to send B. John Nichols out and to kick a 51-yard field goal, which is out of his range, frankly. But it got worse from there. At the very worst, you, you miss a 51-yard field goal. You're still 10-10 at halftime. But no, no. In the continuation of the theme that has gone on all season, Navy special teams let down again, give up a block kick. How many block kicks have we had this year, guys? Three, four? Way more than you should have in any one I think season. it's four. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, John. So, <laughs> Deshaun Pace blocked the kick, grabbed the football, returns the 34 yards, and next thing you know, they, the Cincinnati's kicking a 52-yard field goal, and they go in leading 13-10. I made that the lead of my story because that, that was the game. That's what turned it around. And as I watched it happen, I thought, this is what happens to losing teams. Unbelievable, inexplicable, crazy stuff happens to losing teams. But as crazy as the sequence was, it was set up by poor play calling and bad decision-making by the coaching staff. And I think Chris Cervello should weigh in because he and I were talking about this last night as we ruminated on the game at McGarvey's Saloon, which we all love. Chris, your thoughts on what happened there at the end? I, I think you said it right. Uh, this is what happens to losing teams. Um, I, you know, I, I love that uh, coach is so honest and candid at the end of uh, the game when, you know, he gets asked the tough question. But I just I thought that it was there for us to win and we, we just gave it away. Um, but you know, again, uh, I'm still waiting for this team to play 60 minutes of the full potential that they have on both offense and defense. Um, each week we see different things and it, as a fan, it's both, um, it's both exhilarating and heartbreaking because, uh, you know, I left Navy Marine Corps stadium yesterday, pissed off. Um, that it was right there for us. I mean, I, you know, God damn it. We were ready to shock the world. Um, and, you know, my thoughts, uh, I, I think, calmed overnight um, and, you know, able to walk away with feeling, you know, good and, and proud of, uh, of the guys. But, man, I just want to see them play to their full potential. Um, maybe against Notre Dame, maybe against Army. That would sure be great. Well, and the other thing, John, before I throw it back to you, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. 
this is on the offense again, as it has been most season. They they show flashes. 21 yard, 21 play, 75 yard touchdown drive against Memphis. 14 play, 79 yard touchdown drive yesterday against Cincinnati against a really good defense. The question is, why can't this offense do it more than like twice a game? And too often they get down into enemy territory and sputter and they're settling for field goals. So yesterday they had two Bijan Nichols field goals were made and one missed. So that's 21 potential points left off the scoreboard. So the, the offense is just not doing the job. You can't average less than 20 points a game in a conference like this and expect to win. John? Yeah, and it gets no easier, right? You know, now you've got to go on the road. You've still got Notre Dame. You've got an Army team. And shout out to Lon Cervello's Wake Forest Game of Deacons uh, for being 7-0 and 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 really being the talk of the college football season right now. Um, holding off a, um, let's call it a uh, very high-powered Army offense that put 56 points on the board against an ACC team and lost uh, 70 to 56. Chris Cervello was saying this morning that it looked like basketball season had started and that the Black Knights had gone down to take on the fighting Tim Duncans and lost a basketball game. But, you know, yeah, it's... It's one of those things where how often or how long is it, it, it can the defense continue uh, to help the offense out and keep these games close? You know, how long do we wait for Ty to truly master this? I think he's the answer at quarterback. I love the way that he handles it. And I think that if he makes some more good decisions in the option that, yeah, some good things are going to happen. Uh, Chris Cervello said this morning, Diego Fago is an NFL player. We have a guy who I believe if he gets any kind of allowance from the DOD to play professional football, that he is going to start for an NFL team. He's that good. Um, he flies around the ball. It's really enjoyable to watch. But you know the things that aren't enjoyable to watch are the special teams mistakes. The thing before halftime, I, I just can't explain it. And, and it, was, it was just really, really disheartening. Um, so onward and upward, you know, no rest here. You know, the, the thick of the schedule awaits, got to go on the road next home game. We won't even see this team again until right before Thanksgiving on November 20th in Annapolis. So, you know, it's time for them to, to buck up and, and answer the bell and, and wags take us out here. I, I just, I really thought that this was a chance that they could turn the entire season around and get some notoriety by beating a number two ranked team. Didn't happen. Now I think the pressure is really on because a really bad record, a bad season altogether awaits if they don't pull it together. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, John. It just and uh, kind of what Chris said was true. You leave the stadium just sick to your stomach because you, you they had a chance. And I think the Navy players, when they review the film, the coaches and players, when they review the film, they're going to just be sick to their stomachs because they're going to look at all the missed opportunities and chances to put this team away. And, you know, let's be honest, Cincinnati didn't play a very good game. Uh, you know, you're not going to see Desmond Ritter play that poorly uh, probably again this season. And, you know, their defense had – now their defense is pretty darn good. I mean, when they were on, they were swarming the ball. They were fast. They were aggressive. That's a good defense. But, yeah, it's just – it's heartbreaking for Navy because they 
so many games that are within their grasp and just somehow, some way, they find a way to lose them. Next game is at Tulsa on Friday night, so it's a short week. That's a tough road trip going out to Tulsa. And Tulsa's a good team. You know, Tulsa was in the thick of the American Athletic Conference race last season. They're good again this year. They beat Memphis, which beat Navy. Um, Tulsa's legit. This is not going to be an easy game. Navy's going to have to play a great game to beat Tulsa as well. Then you got Notre Dame on the road under the shadow of touchdown Jesus, then a bye, and then you're finally back home. But uh, in case you didn't look at the schedule, uh, Navy's one and six. That means Navy has to win all five remaining games, including Army, to finish 500. Or else it's a second straight losing season, third in the last four years. So the Navy needs turned around now. And, and they've got to get a win. They have got to figure out how to win a game because this is starting to get to the territory of a team that doesn't know how to win. They can't, they just can't make the plays and do what's necessary to get over the hump. And that sequence at the end of the first half just says it all. Absolutely right. I mean, it, it, you are, that's why you are the expert on this, Bill. It, it's absolutely right. And it's, uh, I know that the coaching staff feels this pressure. I know they know the score. I know they know that this is that this is a business. That this team has to start winning, um, you know, or else it it really does. It gets into the territory of oh man, there are going to be a lot of changes that happen here, um, and those aren't often good changes. So we'll we'll stick with them. Obviously, you know, I was so proud of the effort. You can tell that these kids love each other. You know, I saw a tweet from Scott Strassmeyer this morning just talking about like. In that locker room, that's a special group, and that can't be questioned. Um, I know that they're having a hard time, but that's a special group of young men, and I know that they have each other's backs, and we're going to continue to to cheer them on from our perspective here at Sing Second Sports. So we're going to go to break, uh, and when we come back uh, on the Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis postgame report, we'll tell you how all the other teams uh, did a disappointment for men's soccer, a really good day for women's soccer, not just the fact that they won, but what happened around them in the standing. So when we come back from break, we'll take it out. This is Sing Second Sports. Thanks again for joining our Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis post-game podcast. If you're looking for more in-depth coverage of Navy football, check out Bill Wagner. Keenan Reynolds and Eric Catani on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V, Believe. They do a recap show that looks just at the week that was in Navy football. And then they do a pod later in the week that looks ahead at the upcoming game. You can find that podcast and it's called Believe in Navy Football, B-L-E-A-V in Navy Football. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. So in addition to Sing Second Sports, check out Believe in Navy Football. Now back to the pod. All right, we are back. Thanks for sticking with us here on the Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis postgame report with Chris Cervello and Bill Wagner. I am John. Let's talk a little bit more about what happened this weekend with Navy sports. Uh, number one, volleyball took on uh, Loyola on Friday night and won 3-1, three sets to one. Water polo with a great win against Mount St. Mary's, 18 to six. Um, and as we get into Saturday, Saturday was a really disappointing day for men's soccer. Chris Cervello and I were out there uh, they dropped a tough one to Lehigh, 3-2. Um, I'll let Chris expound a little bit more on that, but 
That was a surprise. Um, men's soccer was right in the conversation to, to win the league, to host the Patriot League tournament, and to get a loss at home against Lehigh was really painful last night. Um, gorgeous night for soccer out there on the pitch. Uh, but the result was not what we wanted. Women's soccer went up to Holy Cross and won 1-0. Loyola, BU, everyone behind them or in front of them dropped points. And now women's soccer sits second in the table behind BU. Um, and BU has to play at Army midweek at 6 p.m. Midweek, we welcome in Lafayette. So, you know, the, the, the drama here is this. Uh, both Lafayette and Army are competing for the very last spot in the Patriot League tournament, that number six spot. Um, Navy and BU are competing to win the league regular season title and not have to go on the road to get into the NCAA tournament. They can host the Patriot League tournament in its entirety should they just hold serve. So uh, if Navy can beat a very hungry Lafayette team that was sitting at the bottom of the table not too long ago, um, if they can hold them off and if Army can do us a favor, uh, Navy potentially wins the Patriot League for women's soccer. So good luck to the ladies on Wednesday, and we'll bring you all of the action from there. Uh, swimming and diving was back in the pool against UNBC. They won 201 to 88. That was men's and women's swimming and diving won 177 to 105. Wags or Chris, over to you guys. What, what other events and results stuck out to you over the weekend? Well, guys, real quick, I'm looking here at the reading the Navy Sports Information Report about men's soccer. It says at the end of Patriot League play, Holy Cross and Loyola are tied for first place in the league standings with 15 points each. American is third with 13 points, followed by Navy and Army are tied for fourth. So um, is the Navy out of contention for the championship? And now it's going to just have to settle for a playoff berth and apparently be low seated, I guess, depending on how that tiebreaker with Army shapes out yeah i think i mean looking at the schedule i think they have two patriot league games left um including one against americans so yeah i mean the the pressure is on them chris what were your observations from men's soccer last night it's funny john i mean we've seen so many times this year where men's soccer went into overtime and either um you know kept it tied and walked away with the tie or found a way to win and it was a bit deflating when uh, Lehigh jumped on them, uh, you know, in the extra time and, and scored that goal. I don't ever think that a loss is a good thing, but boy, I loved the anger and pissed off, uh, you know, attitude that that Coach O.D. had. I mean, that that's a guy that that understood the significance of that loss and. If there is a silver lining, I, I think it gives the, the men's soccer team an opportunity to kind of learn from that and maybe to um, get pissed off and, and get hungry in, in these last games. I mean, again, a little, little homer and a little uh, silver lining-ish on, on a Sunday morning, but this is a good team. Um, the seeding would have been nice to have them towards the top, but um, I, I feel that like they're going to do pretty well in that tournament no, no matter where they uh, shake out. Yeah, so, you know, the exact schedule that they have left, um, they have the little roadie up to uh, City Line Avenue against St. Joe's, the Hawk will never die. Shout out to Joe Cook at, at uh, NAAA, um, the St. Joe's Hawks. What a, I mean, that's a good soccer program and a good roadie for them. But then our, the uh, Navy team, OD's guys finish with uh, Bucknell on Saturday the 30th at home. 
And then the roadie out to American at 1 p.m. on November 3rd, if they can hold serve in both of those and special things happen above them in the standings, kind of like what happened with women's soccer yesterday, then yeah, there's a there's a shot that they finish where they want to be. I think they all, you know, want six points out of these last two fixtures um, and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Uh, but I, I know that they want to win the Patriot League tournament or the Patriot League um, and then the tournament as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do in these last three games after this non-conference roadie up to St. Joe's. Um, boys, any parting shots or are we done? Get out and watch the mids the rest of the season. So whether it's football, whether it's soccer, whether it's volleyball, um, there are a lot of cool things happening on and around the yard. Uh, if you can't make it watch on ESPN plus, but, uh, we've got some teams that could really use the, uh, um, support of their fan base. So my, my parting shot is please, 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 uh, get out there and, and watch and cheer on the midshipmen. And John, I'll just mention that this Thursday is Navy basketball media day, a virtual media day. You can't go to alumni hall and actually meet in person with the coaches and players are being safe and careful, but basketball is on the horizon. Veterans classic will be coming up. And uh, so just know that basketball season will, will soon be into that, that area, which drives a sports writer like me crazy where we're still in football season, but basketball has already begun and you're trying to, you know, be spread thin and trying to cover everything, but we love it. We love more Navy sports going on. That's fantastic. But, yeah, basketball, can you believe it? Right around the corner, fellas. Right around the corner. I was just reading this morning how the secret scrimmage between Duke and Villanova went down here in D.C. uh, over the weekend. Some pretty interesting talking points out of that. But, yeah, it, it definitely revved my engine as a huge basketball fan. I'm ready for that to happen. Um, Well, I'll tell you what, midweek we'll be coming out with our next pod, the preview for the Tulsa game. Uh, Special conversation in that podcast also with former Navy football player Phil McConkie. Um, And yeah, just we'll continue to tweet it out. We'll continue to root for the for the teams. Not really the result that we wanted versus Cincinnati. uh, But let's turn around and and go out to Tulsa and get a big get a big W. Get a shout out to our girl Aaron Bailey out there in uh, Oklahoma as well. So for Bill Wagner, for Ward Carroll and Chris Cervello here on the Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis postgame report. Many thanks to Sheehy Lexus for their support of us, Paula Rochelle, and that team right there off of Baydale Drive uh, in Annapolis, right when right, you get to Arnold. Um, shout out to them. Thank you for the support. Thank you to the fans. Thank you to Naval Academy Sports for being so great and so easy to root for. Let's go get them next time. Let's beat Tulsa. For Chris Wags Ward, I'm John. We're out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of the podcast segments.